Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the regular meeting of the Rancho Santa Margarita City Council on February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day. Uh, my name is Carol Gamble. I'm the mayor of the city. It gives me great pleasure to call this meeting to order, and I'd like to call upon my colleague, Councilmember Ann Figueroa, to lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance. Good evening, everyone. Would you please stand so we can salute our beautiful flag? Ready, begin. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Good evening, Ms. City Clark. Happy Valentine's Day. May I please have a roll call? Mayor Gamble? Here. Mayor Protemager? Councilmember Beal? Here. Councilmember Figueroa? Here. Councilmember Holloway? Here. Thank you. Item one, schedule of future events. Uh, Ms. City Manager. Thank you very much, Mayor Gamble and members of the City Council. We would like to announce that City Hall will be closed on Monday, February 19th in observance of President's Day. And we also would like to announce that the Tippecop Heroes Supporting Heroes event is happening on Tuesday, February 20th. The Orange County Sheriff's Department and OCFA personnel will be at your service to benefit the Special Olympics athletes in Orange County. This event will be held from 5 to 9 p.m. again on Tuesday, February 20th at Wood Ranch, and we encourage everyone to come out and support this uh, wonderful event. Thank you. Thank you, and as I recall, Chief, we are um, leading uh, all the other cities and have for several years with our generous donations when we go to Wood Ranch. And so I'm encouraging the, uh, the public to come out and support our heroes uh, because we don't want to come in second place. You know what second place is? That's not first place. And uh, thank you very much. Um, council member comments. Uh, committee assignment reports. Uh, item one, the Foothill Transportation Corridor. A December 14th meeting, Council Member Beal. Um, wait a minute. Oh, I, I skipped over 2 1. I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry. 2 1. I got so excited about being number one for Tippecop. And, uh, item number one, Council Member comments. I'm going to turn to uh, Council Member Beal. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Okay. Um, at our meeting, the thing that I'd like to highlight tonight has to do with action that we took to enhance the toll road agency's app. Um, for those of you that don't know, uh, the toll roads have uh, an app that is widely used. We have an average of 35,000 new downloads every month, approximately 186,000 active users uh, monthly, and 22% of all payments are made using uh, this app. And the TCA's app was recognized by the International Bridge, Tunnel, and Turnpike Association for a Toll Excellence Award in the technology category. And it's just a very cost-effective, easy way to allow users of the toll roads to quickly and easily pay a toll, sign up for an account, manage your existing account, request a transponder, or add or delete vehicles from the account. So at our meeting, what we did is 
Uh, we just entered into a new three-year contract with a company to even further enhance the app to make it even more user-friendly and create new additional ways uh, to make accessing accounts and making payments easier, including access to Google Pay and Android Pay and push notifications. So if you ride the toll roads and you're not currently using our app, you uh, might want to check it out at uh, thetollroads.com. You can gather more information there. Thank you. Thank you very much. Councilmember comments. I'll go to my left. Uh, Councilmember Holloway. Thank you, Madam Mayor. <clears throat> Excuse me, just one item. I just wanted to um, bring attention to um, a Facebook uh, page. Uh, that's the only social media that I use, hence you can see I'm older. I don't have, you think Facebook. How many use Facebook? Help me out. Am I the only one? Okay. Um, I just want to um, mention that Orange County Sheriff's Department has a, a very active Facebook page and um, posts a lot of information that's valuable to residents, um, meetings that they may have, or, or classes to come to, different things. So if you're not, if you're not part of, uh, if you are part of Facebook, and you want to be tied in with Orange County Sheriff's Department, it's just easy, as easy as joining, I, I think. I think, And then they let you in. Is that right, Chief? Okay. So I just want to bring attention to that. It's a very uh, uh, well-worth package. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Councilmember comments? Councilmember Figueroa? Oh, nothing tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Mayor Pro Tem. Thank you, Madam Mayor. <clears throat> I want to point out something. Um, there was, you might remember, there was a fire a very significant fire on January the 7th. And if you're familiar with the condominium project at the corner of Antonio and Banderas, Antonio Banderas, um, very significant fire. Uh, a family lost everything. Uh, a woman, a disabled woman lost everything. Uh, there are GoFundMe pages for both. Um, you can go to GoFundMe.com or you can go to my Facebook page, uh, Brad McGurr, City Council, whatever, I think. RSM City Council, and I have them posted there, but uh, her name is Shara, S-H-E-R-R-A Ewing. She is a disabled woman who lost absolutely everything in this fire. She saved her dog, That's all, and whatever clothes she had on her back, that's all she got. Upstairs, uh, the Graves family, it's a, a couple and their teenage son, they lost everything. The OCFA did a phenomenal job by saving their cat. Their cat was uh, uh, singed, uh, had the hair burned off the back, but they found the cat under the bed, saved the cat. Uh, but other than their cat, they lost everything. And so uh, we started some GoFundMe pages for both, and so I would encourage anyone who would like to contribute and help them out to do so. Um, again, it's, if you go to GoFundMe.com, uh, the woman... Uh, who lost everything downstairs. Her name is Shera, S-H-E-R-R-A Ewing. And upstairs, it's the Graves family, G-R-A-V-E-S. Again, you can just do a search on the GoFundMe page and find them, or you can go to my page, um, and I have those posted there as well. So if you are of the mind uh, to contribute to help them out, I'm sure uh, it would go a long way. Thanks. Thank you so much, Mayor Pro Tem. And so I'm going to place my council member comments um, into the um, report on the Orange County Fire Authority. Council member Beard, do you have any general council member comments? No, I don't. Thank you. Moving on to item number 2.2, .2, 
number one, Foothill Transportation Corridor, and thank you, Councilmember Beal, for your report. Uh, Orange County Fire Authority. Uh, since I am the representative to the Orange County Fire Authority, I'll go next. Um, in January 2024, the call for service statistics are now in. Uh, in our emergency communication center received 19,680 calls for 15,589 incidents. In our service area, an average of 488 incidents a day. Uh, at our January 25th meeting of the Orange County Fire Authority, we had a swearing-in ceremony for five of our canines as members of FEMA's new Urban Search and Rescue Squad. As we have discussed in the past, these canines live 24-7 with their handlers and their families. The handlers and their families are deeply appreciated for this dedication to urban search and rescue. It's my pleasure to share the coverage of the event with you tonight. If the technology gods have cursed us this evening, I'm happy to move on to the next item. Okay. It's a lovely report, and I can skip to the end. There's a lot of barking. No problem. Um, moving along, uh, these are um, these are uh, dogs and handlers that are called upon to go all through the United States and even to other countries to assist in urban search and rescue operations. And we're very grateful uh, for the handlers and also their families. They take the dogs with them on vacation. They take the dogs with them everywhere they go. And so it's a an enormous commitment by the staff that chooses to be a handler for an urban search and rescue dog. Uh, the remainder of our meeting was closed session for which there's no reportable uh, action items I can share with you this evening. Moving on, January is Firefighter Cancer Awareness Month. Uh, as we have discussed in the past, firefighters are nine times more likely to contract cancer than non-firefighters. 
and cancer is the leading cause of death now for firefighters. It used to be uh, cardiac arrest. OCFA started a new program that's free of charge for our firefighters by providing a blood test that screens for 50 different kinds of cancer. The participation by the firefighters is an option. It's completely their choice, and that choice is confidential. Uh, we are aggressively pushing this message out to our staff, so much so, I'm going to cross my fingers, uh, we've been covered by the media, and I'd like to share this news report with you, or not. Every day, firefighters go out to save lives and structures, but in that time, they're exposed to all types of chemicals. I'm Joe Kwan here at Orange County Fire Authority's Fire Station 51 in Irvine, talking about a blood test that screens for 50 types of cancers. Checking his turnouts. Checking the stitching, I'm checking that all, everything's attached where it's supposed to be, um, that my equipment is where I left it. This is something Orange County Fire Authority Captain Paramedic Brian Abney has been doing daily for nearly two decades. I just wanted to help people. That's why I got into this business. Being in the business of life-saving and firefighting, Brian says he knows there are obvious risks. But there are some risks that are less obvious. Cancer is actually, unfortunately, the number one killer of firefighters now. It used to be a cardiac disease. According to federal data, firefighters have a 9% higher risk of being diagnosed with and 14% higher chance of dying from cancer than the overall population in the U.S. It makes me sad, and it, um, it, it makes me concerned for my family. But the captain is about to get a test that may ease some of his worries, or at the very least, provide him more information. That's why he's here at Hogue in Newport Beach. Now Brian and all his fellow OCFA firefighters will be eligible to get this blood test, which screens for 50 different cancers throughout their career. Dr. James Lindbergh is Hoag's chief medical officer for corporate health. He says the list includes cancers that often go undetected until late stages of the disease. This test is very sensitive and specific for pancreatic cancer, for example, liver cancers and other cancer that difficult to screen for, especially early. The doctor says the test is also 95% accurate for negative tests. If the test is positive, there's a 40% chance that that cancer is actually there. In medicine, that's actually quite a high positive predictive value. Anything positive would require further testing. Brian says it's an important test, sure, that he went into pretty anxious, but he uh, says... For me, um, you know, that gives me comfort knowing that I have an opportunity to find a cancer early if I do have a positive test. As he waits for the results, he's back here at the station ready to go for the next emergency call. This is what I've sworn to do. This is in my blood. And his blood may be the key to helping Brian continue to do what he loves, helping people. Thank you. We're uh, very aggressive in getting this message out to our staff in hopes that people know that this is a service available to them free of charge. Uh, it also gives me great pleasure to invite my fellow council members, the staff, and the public to OCFA's uh, annual open house on March 16th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. This event is held annually at our regional offices at One Fire Authority Road in Irvine. For more information, please feel free to visit OCFA.org or call 714-573-6200. And lastly, I'm sure you'll be very surprised 
to learn that the super that at the Super Bowl press conference, Kansas City Chiefs coach Andy Reid shared his pride for the OCFA. Coach, you may have won the Super Bowl, but OCFA has won the hearts of the two million people we serve. Are we good back here? You guys good? Sorry, Coach, but our firefighters respond to 500 emergencies a day, including during the Super Bowl. So Chief Sherwin was just trying to share that. He, he was trying, so you give him the effort, but we, we know that you can't do that down there. Last year, our 911 lines rang more than 178,000 times, and on each and every occasion, do you know what our dispatchers did with the phone? They picked it up. I'm so proud of them and the job that they did. Coach, you just won the Super Bowl, but instead of Disneyland, you said you're going to visit the OCFA? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it says here that at your last visit, you learned about our air ops, hazmat, heavy rescue, USAR, and arson investigation teams, all in one class. Do you remember that? I do. A lot of fun. That was a fun class uh, to be a part of. We know Mahomes is also a big fan of the OCFA. How does he react when you tell him you're going to visit us? Um, I never worry about him being ready to go. And we don't have to worry about our firefighters being ready to go. See us how their call volume is up 20% over the last three years. And you've got to work through that. You know, you got to work through that mentally. That's not an easy thing. So you must be really proud of our peer support team and all they've achieved to bring about mental and behavior health awareness. That's a positive, positive thing. Um, I know how they are. They're not going to rest on that. Okay, last question. Is it true that you love the OCFA so much you asked Taylor Swift to wear one of our Wildland helmets at her next concert? Yeah. yeah the worst thing that could happen is it falls off, right? We make sure our PPE never falls off, Coach, but thank you and see you soon at the OCFA. Take a breath. on the way. Uh, special thanks to our, our PIO and our uh, uh, department for a little fun and uh, something to encourage the staff. And so thank you so much. This ends my report. Uh, moving on to item 2.23, a report on the Orange County Public Library Advisory Board, our representative, Councilmember Figueroa. Well, thank you very much, Madam Mayor. Our January 25th meeting was an orientation for new city council members and a reorganization for the OC Library Advisory Board. And I was very pleased and honored to be voted in as chair for the OC Lab for 2024. Oh, yeah. So I'm looking Great. forward to serving as opposition. That's Thank excellent. You very much. Congratulations. Um, that's fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, item number three, presentations and proclamations. We have a certificate of recognition tonight for uh, business uh, recognition to bright ideas. And I'd like to ask the mayor pro tem to join me on the floor. I have to laugh a little bit uh, because years ago when I first joined the city council, 
I didn't need font that you could see from space. <laughs> now I do. Uh, it gives me great pleasure uh, to acknowledge this evening, uh, on behalf of my colleagues at the City Council, uh, bright ideas. And before we start the presentation, uh, we'd like to play a video for you. Thank you. I want to acknowledge that a few years ago, uh, Council Member Ann Figueroa came to the city with the idea that we should acknowledge and uh, showcase uh, the very, the varied businesses that we have here in Rancho Santa Margarita. So it really gives me great pleasure to introduce to you this evening and recognize Bright Ideas. So I'd like to ask Greg Kriske, Bright Ideas co-founder and CEO, and Dr. Terry Christie and Kevin Glenn, Director of Sales, to come forward tonight. Hello, welcome. Yeah. That's fantastic. Appreciate it. Oh, my Thank pleasure. You. Thank you come so right much. Over. Appreciate it. And so we are delighted to have you here tonight, and I've seen some of your work. You. And you never know who's sitting in your audiences, <laughs> do you? Yes. Um, there, 
in addition to this recognition uh, by the city council, we also would like to let you know that you are going to have an embarrassment of riches. We call that wall swag. And so these are certificates of recognition from our uh, not only the city, uh, the city council, a certificate of recognition from the California Assembly, our assembly member, uh, Kate Sanchez, and also from the Senate, uh, from uh, Senator Catherine Blakespear's office. So you you win in the wall swag contest tonight. <laughs> Thank you so, much. Um, so I'd like to read for everyone um, a little bit about you, and thank you. Um, the city council desires uh, to uh, acknowledge and distinguish with appreciation uh, those that have made a significant contribution to the prosperity of the community, and we have determined that Bright Ideas has. Bright Ideas is a technical production company providing a full range of in-house expertise in video, lighting, staging, and sound to create remarkable experiences for special events that contribute to the economic success of Rancho Santa Margarita and elsewhere. Bright Ideas is a collective, collaborative group of designers, technicians, and craftsmen willing to push the boundaries of the impossible. I saw the fireworks, they were amazing. Bright Ideas has served the event industry for over 30 years, thriving with the creative and technical challenges of producing award-winning global events for agencies, producers, and Fortune 500 companies. Whereas, led by Greg and Julie Christie, the designers at Bright Ideas hold degrees in theatrical design, a vocation that combines the collaboration of the designer's eye with the art of storytelling and real-world experiences combined with intuitive design. And Bright Ideas, our very own Rancho Santa Margarita company, events have spanned across the globe at social, nonprofit, corporate, broadcast, and music industry events earning them countless awards and recognition for their incredible and impressive portfolio and awe-inspiring designs. And so therefore, as the mayor of the city of Rancho Santa Margarita, I, Carol Gamble, on behalf of my colleagues on the city council, our city staff, and all 50,000 residents in the city are here tonight to congratulate you on your, your fantastic business. Thank you so much for bringing your business and putting those roots down in Rancho Santa Margarita. And we look forward to celebrating you for years to come. Thank, Thank, you, you. Thank you so much. And yes, and we'd love to hear from you because they know what I sound like. Well, okay, yeah. all right. So just, just a minute or two here. So, Coming here tonight, uh, a story came to mind. Um, very early on in my career, 1986, we were asked to open a new housing community in South Orange County in this large open space. My wife and I were in a motorhome for two weeks in this dirt field with 14 sets of model homes and a lake. I know where you were. That became the city of Rancho Santa Margarita. Sure did. So we opened this town. We saw it when it was nothing but dirt. Yeah. Yeah. And here we are. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you for this recognition. Very much appreciated. Thank you so much. And little do you know, I was here in 1986, and you did such a marvelous job. I've been here ever since. So, yeah, so was, so was Mayor Pro Tem. Yeah. 
yeah. give people an opportunity to buy a house. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. that's, yeah, that that's, that's fantastic. Yes, yeah, right. that's yeah. it. Thank you All so right. much. Thanks. I didn't know that. Wait, we've got, we're going to take oh, pictures. Oh, there's wait. more? Yeah, there's always there's more. more. There's more, All but right. wait. Yeah, we're, first we're going to take some pictures, and then we're going to give you a Ginsu knife. Okay, and perfect. Okay. So turn. Turn around. Yeah, there you go. Right. Thank you. Congratulations again. Under presentations and proclamations, um, we were pleased to uh, celebrate bright ideas. Thank you. Item number four, public comments. Uh, this is your time to address the City Council on any matter not listed on the agenda that's within the subject matter jurisdiction of the City Council. Public comments are limited to three minutes per person and a time limit of 15 minutes for the entire segment of this portion of the public comments uh, portion of the agenda. There is a second opportunity for public comments later on in the agenda. Um, I have also, I'd like to read, I have uh, e-comments this evening from uh, Christine Morinello on Ash Wednesday. I have 21 e-comments regarding the Boys and Girls Club. I have a comment from Sean Gordon on overgrown medians, and I have a comment from Chris McLaughlin to re repeal ordinance number 23-02. And council can find those e-comments on the dais. Um, and we have a number of public speakers tonight. So happy Valentine's Day. And it gives me great pleasure to welcome Ethan Murray from Senator Blakespear's office. Ethan, hi. Happy Valentine's happy Day. Happy Valentine's Day to you. Nice to see all your delightful faces this evening. Yes, nice to see you too. Thank you. Uh, I want to give a quick legislative update. Uh, we are towards the end of finalizing Senator Blakespear's bill package for 2024. Uh, she has prioritized housing, gun violence, sustainability, and women's rights. Um, I'm there are a lot of bills here, so I'm only going to highlight a few. Um, in housing, she is working on ADU exemptions to make it easier to get ADUs in your backyard if you want one. Um, there's a complicated permitting process, and we think that's a little too much. So she's going to work on keeping grandma home or whatever your source of income, those kind of things. Um, she's also working to standardize the coastal development permit appeal process. There's no timeline right now, and she wants to make it a hard 180-day timeline because building projects shouldn't be waiting um, just for a, a hearing. Sustainability, um, she's working to expand some compost. Um, she's working and uh, working on banning some marine flares that are particularly harmful to our oceans. Um, 
in transportation and mobility. She is working on streamlining bike lane projects. Um, as city uh, officials, you all know that there are sometimes processes you have to go through. Um, this is removing an unnecessary delay in the development of bike lanes by not requiring a traffic study every single time. Um, sometimes it's just common sense to, you can have a bike lane here. Um, the next thing that she's did, as she actually introduced this, I believe yesterday, um, is SB 1098, the Southern California Rail Revitalization Act. She has really prioritized as chair of the subcommittee on the Losan Rail Corridor, making sure that railroad actually works. And as you all know, right now it's shut down yet again. Mm -hmm. um, so it really calls for, she's calling for wider state leadership um, and more state investment in that rail corridor that is so important. Uh, there's a lot of commerce that comes through there on top of people like to use it to get down to San Diego and back up to all the way up to San Luis Obispo. Um, so unnecessary delays are, are really bothersome and decreased ridership and that the, defeats the whole purpose. And then last but not least, um, I want to highlight two bills that she's co-authoring. AB 205, the repeal of the income-based charged utility bills. Um, I think a lot of your constituents also had issues with this bill and she's working on fixing that. It was passed before her time there and she doesn't, um, doesn't think it's a good idea. And then lastly, uh, there is, she's working on with Senator Brian Jones, a Republican from San Diego, on banning homeless encampments. Um, she believes that we should have compassion towards homeless individuals and work really hard to get them in shelters, but also that our public spaces should be open to the public. Thank you. Thank you, Ethan. You're, you're a wonderful representative for the senator, and we thank you so much for coming tonight. Thank you. Please tell the senator thank you for her hard work and, and you, and uh, happy Valentine's Day to you both. Thank you. Our first public speaker is Anastasia Search. Good evening, Ms. Search. Welcome and happy Valentine's Day. Thank you. Um, as you said, my name is Anastasia Search, and I've been a resident of RSM for approximately 30 years. And Mayor Gamble is now, due to redistricting, now the city council member for my district. On February 1st, I sent the following email to all the city council members, each one. It reads, I find it disturbing that the city council would even consider spending $300,000 plus to create a museum in the bell tower. Museums can be wonderful, but not at the cost of displacing 100 plus local children who utilize the club daily. The idea of spending an enormous amount of our hard earned taxpayer dollars is preponderous, or excuse me, um, the hard-earned taxpayer dollars to create a place for artifacts of a city less than 25 years old is preposterous and short-sighted. Add to the fact that few people will utilize the museum, especially in light of its very limited hours of operation, make it an unwise spending opportunity, all while hurting children and families who rely on the program for so many reasons. Truly, as Ms. Gamble has noted in, this is a side comment in our previous meetings, um, 
these kids are the future of our city and our world. Why take away something that academically, emotionally, and physically aids them in becoming the best they can be? All of the artifacts for the proposed museum can easily be displayed in the hallways of the bell tower at a much more reasonable cost than the proposed almost third of a million dollars. And as city staff has indicated, you're already planning on making everything valuable available online where the multitude can examine it 24 seven. I asked, please do the right thing. Renew the boys and girls club, no cost lease, recommit to their $120,000 funding and don't waste our money on an overpriced redo of the location. To that email sent to all five of you, I only heard from Ms. Figueroa. And we connected and had a nice phone conversation and I really appreciated her reaching out to me. Um, I asked I'm her sorry, Ms. Search. I actually only got one email from you and that was Friday. And I, I'm sorry, staff. I, I'm sure you sent it, I'm just saying. I'm not saying you didn't send it. I'm saying I didn't get it. Big this difference. Coming out of my time. That's okay. I, I will happily give you time. You. Um, I asked Ms. Figueroa several questions, and basically she couldn't answer them because, as she told me, the decision was made between Mayor Gamble and the city manager. Um, the questions I had were, who, whose idea was this? to make the museum and to defund the Boys and Girls Club. Why the sudden need for a museum? The city has 30 million in tax dollars in reserves. Spending $120,000 is money well spent to help, keep, help kids. Um, we're, the city is spending $1,427,373,000 to build a splash pad, or they spent that, that's open three months out of the year if it's even open. They're spending $1,267,000 on the Antonio City entrance sign and landscaping. They spend $74,520 on senior services. They spend $40,000 that they give to the um, Chamber of Commerce for the um, Rancho Fest, which the citizens have to pay $20 to get into. Why is the city funding that if we have to pay anyway? Um, also, the city will spend $5,650,000 for capital improvements this year um, on landscaping, uh, SR241, the Veterans Monument, and the Antonio Parkway Gateway Improvement Park Project. Why is $120,000 such a burden? It's 0.51% of their budget. And the city still has $1,857,000 from the American Rescue Plan, the COVID plan. So why is that money being taken away from the Boys and Girls Club? Um, so, because I was told to contact you, Mayor Gamble, and our manager, city manager, I emailed them both. I heard back from the city manager's office uh, she's unavailable to talk to me for two weeks, so we've got a meeting scheduled on February 26. I've called various offices of the city council and can never get through to anyone. I left one message at one extension, and then today I finally found Mayor Gamble's extension, 
and I called her. And my, after I put in her extension, the phone rang and rang and rang for four and a half minutes. No voicemail, no one to answer the phone. I don't know what kind of business can run like that with no one answering the phones. How am I supposed to discuss the concerns I have with you, Mayor? You don't have time to hear from me. You don't return my email. You don't return my phone calls. Um, so my, my email, my latest email. To Can we wrap that up, Ms. Search? Yeah. My latest email um, on February 9th, I gave you both my dates I'm available to speak, and I asked I said I'd like to formally request at this time that both these issues be put on the agenda for the next city council meeting, meaning the Boys and Girls Club and the museum. Um, I'll talk to the city manager on the 26th, but that's a So in closing, um, I just want to say that I'm going to hand Amy my name, my phone number, and ask that you call me to schedule a time to talk about these issues because I know you can't talk to me about it right now, but we can have a phone conversation like Ms. Figueroa and I did, and hopefully then between the two of you, you can answer my questions. Point of clarification, Ms. Search, it's my understanding that uh, Tennille Hayes from the city called you today to schedule a and left a message to schedule a meeting with you. We have two dates, or she was intending to call you and leave a message. Uh, actually, I'd like to meet with you, not just talk to you on the phone. Um, no, I didn't get a voicemail, but maybe that was later now. It could, it could yeah. have been, and I apologize. Um, I had an unexpected medical procedure, and, uh, but I would like to meet with you. But, I mean, why don't you have a voicemail? Don't I don't know answer? about that, and trust me, I'll be checking into that, and I appreciate you bringing it to my attention. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much. And just a, uh, a quick question, Ms. Search. Do you, do you work for the Boys and Girls Club, or do you um, fundraise or volunteer? Or? No. no, I'm a parent who raised four children here in the city. And Actually, I knew your husband. You do? You know him? Knew him. Oh, how did you know him? My husband is a volunteer baseball umpire. Be and has out. been for 24 years. That would be. Yes. Right. He was a very nice man. He was. He was a wonderful man. Um, I just care about more than just my own kids. I'm going to have grandkids. I do have grandkids. I have a son that's looking to move to Rancho, raise a family. I don't see the point. I understand. I look forward to our meeting. Thank you. Our next speaker is Liz Labrador. Hello, good evening. Good evening. Welcome and happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's. Thank you Thank for you. having me. Certainly. Um, the reason I'm here is also to advocate on behalf of the Boys and Girls Club. Um, keeping their doors open, keeping the funding for the children is critical. I can speak to numbers, and I'm sure you all have the numbers of the Boys and Girls Club, the impact they've had in the 12 years. But I'm here to speak more than just that. Um, you're going to forgive me because I get emotional. Um, I'm here only also because I'm a mother. My two children are part of this program. I moved out here six years ago 
found them two and a half years into it. Um, and they changed our lives. They changed my life. They changed my children's life. When they say it takes a village to raise a child, Boys and Girls Club is the village for these children. So I can speak on behalf of the parents, but I don't want to speak on behalf of the parents because they can speak on their own, but our children can't. My children are nine and a half years old. In the two and a half years they have been here, they have grown immensely. They are part of academic programs. My son's reading has excelled. Um, my daughter is a junior staffer, and the reason she joined was because when she gets older, she wants to do the service for the community and be able to change children's lives how, as they have changed ours. I don't know where I would have been without the Boys and Girls Club. I am a professional. I'm a director of human resources. I'm an educated woman. I see the program that they give our children, and it is amazing. And to take that away, for whatever be the reason, whether it's a museum, whether it's for any program that the city wants to do, we're doing the children a disservice. My son struggled with behaviors since he was a little boy. My son was youth of the year this year. The greatest achievement a mother could see, but I can't take credit for that. I did that, yes, I pushed and I helped him thrive, but I did it with the support of the Boys and Girls Club, with the support of their directors, with the support of the, their, their role models that work there. I cannot stress enough how important this is to our community. I've never felt more part of a community since I moved out here. The best decision I ever did, I'm from Florida, <laughs> that says a lot. The best thing I ever did was move out here and the best thing I ever did was put my children in that program. And I ask that you truly look into finding the way to keep those doors open, keep the funding coming, let these children change our community. We need good people, and they're raising good people along with us. They are my partner. I don't need anyone else but the Boys and Girls Club to really make a difference for my kids. When my kids found out that the doors were gonna be closed, they were devastated. So please, I ask that you truly take into consideration what they offer, what they do for our kids, and let this community thrive as it does because RSM is amazing and Boys and Club makes it amazing. So thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. It might be of interest to the speakers on this topic for me to disclose a couple facts. Uh, the Boys and Girls Club of Capistrano Valley has a nine-member board of directors. And as a philanthropic organization, uh, the board members are expected and required to donate generously and also assist in the solicitation of donations every single year. Uh, my husband is on the board of directors and has been for over a decade. And we have given generously, and we have both worked to secure millions of dollars for the club. And I thought that would be of interest to those that are speaking. And I thank you. And I'm very happy to hear about your experience, um, Miss Labrador, I'm sorry, uh, and that your children enjoyed the club.
Thank you. Uh, our next speaker is Mike Ebel. Hi, Mike. I'm doing good. Happy Valentine's Happy Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Welcome. City Council, how are you? Doing good, um, thanks. So I'm here again uh, to ask once again to put the Boys and Girl Club matter on the agenda so the people you serve can discuss it, the, the funding and the, of this valued and program and the eviction from our community center. Uh, Boys and Girl Club, you know the details behind it. It's a valued program. Um, there's seniors that volunteer there to read to the kids, et cetera. Um, I'm just curious why after 12 successful years as partners to the Boys and Girls Club that the uh, decision has been suddenly made to pull a plug on them. Um, the awards given and the statements we have heard in the past from city council were, were, that was that we're all about the kids. Well, I'd like to see that statement backed up with action by continuing the Boys and Girls Club. Uh, in the spirit of transparency, I hope to see this item on the uh, city council agenda soon. Thank you, Thank you Mike. And point of clarification, the Boys and Girls Club was not evicted. The Boys and Girls Club has a contract with the city of Rancho Santa Margarita. That contract expires on June 30th. Uh, we have an obligation to give the Boys and Girls Club 30 days notice, but that would have been cruel to tell them in May. Uh, so uh, that meeting was held in January. Uh, I'd like to welcome our next public, public speaker, and boy, I hope I don't screw this up, Tammy Woolgar. Good evening. Welcome. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you. Thank you. My first time speaking. I'm very nervous. I apologize. Don't be nervous. We're all neighbors. <laughs> when Supervisor Todd Spitzer sponsored the city of Orange, Orange Youth Lounge in the bell tower, as seen in the plaque hanging in the club, he had a vision of what it should be, a safe educational space where youth could bloom and reach their full potential. The Boys and Girls Club a youth recreational center, not a daycare or a child care facility, fits that vision perfectly as described in their mission statement. To inspire and enable all youth to reach their full potential as productive, responsible, and caring citizens by providing stimulating and challenging programs through interaction with dedicated, caring people. The club fulfills their mission by providing services and programs as, such as homework, help, and tutoring, reading mentoring with senior adult volunteers, nutrition and cooking classes, Passport to Manhood, which teaches responsibility to boys ages 11 to 14, Smart Moves, a drug and alcohol prevention and education program, Smart Girls, which teaches health, fitness, prevention slash education and self-esteem enhancement for girls ages 8 to 17. They have committees within the club that are ran by the older children, such as a torch club, which teaches them leadership and responsibility. The club has had a great and positive effect on many of our children, such as the ones here today. Um, so we ask that the issue affecting the Boys and Girls Club be added to the next city council meetings and agenda so it can be discussed publicly and on the record. Ultimately, we urge the city council and the community services department to reconsider their decision to remove annual funding allocated to the club and the decision to not renew the club's lease at the bell tower. As the club's motto, set, as the club's motto says, great future start here. 
and they are doing their part to make that happen. And the community of Rancho San Margarita can be a part of building that great future for our children by continuing to have a great organization like the Boys and Girls Club be a part of our family-friendly community. Thank you for your time. Sincerely, Josh, Lucas, and Tammy Wolgar. Thank you very much. I'd like to welcome our next speaker, Harmony, it says Ann, or Har Harmony Ann. Um, is Ann or Ann? I hope I didn't screw this up. Uh, uh, please accept my apologies. No, that's fine, yes. Harmony Ann Warren. Thank welcome. You. Thank and you um, happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, mm -hmm. good evening. Um, I am also here to speak about the, the Boys and Girls Club. I, um, I, I was massively disappointed and all of you, when, 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 I, when I heard about the decision to not renew the lease, and, and just wanted to let you know about um, my experience growing up and going to the Boys and Girls Club, and, and it was because of the Boys and Girls Club that my mother was able to finish nursing school and become a registered nurse without sending me and my siblings unsupervised and being latchkey kids. It was because of that Boys and Girls Club that my brother got his bachelor's degree and he now works in the film industry in Burbank. It was because of the Boys and Girls Club that my sister got two bachelor's degrees. And it's because of the Boys and Girls Club that I have a master's degree. It was a great nurturing environment. And I don't know that you really are in touch with your constituents. And I don't know that you see that just because the families may look different from you and have different backgrounds and are not in the same circles as you, doesn't mean that they are not capable of amazing things. RSM claims to be a family-friendly city and environment, and this is not a family-friendly decision. The future is in the kids. It's not in an art gallery for our senior citizens. I'm, you know, I'm registered to vote. I vote in every election, and I will continue to, and I just strongly encourage you to reconsider this decision, and I would like to see this go on the agenda and to be part of the public record. Thank you for your time. Thank you. I'd like to welcome our next speaker, Sue Abianker. And boy, I really apologize if I gummed that up. Oh, good. Why, thank I go you. By Sue to make it easy for all of you. Yeah. Good evening and welcome and happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Well, I'm going to be a broken record. I'm the next one talking about the Boys and Girls Club. Um, again, as resident of this city for almost 29 years, uh, I would like to know why the decision was made to not renew the Boys and Girls Club lease and also remove their annual funding. So, officially, I'm also requesting that this topic be put on the next city council meeting agenda so it can be discussed and all the parties can share our, our viewpoints there. Uh, I'm a therapist, I'm a psychotherapist. I've been a psychotherapist for 33 years. And we know in the news that the mental health condition of our youth, kids, it's, it's being affected, especially after COVID. If you look at the Boys and Girls Club, it's a nationally recognized outstanding program. I was looking at their statistics. 97% of club teens are expected to graduate from high school. 
76% of them are getting A's and B's. I love RSM. I've been here for 29 years. My kids grew up here. We are supposed to be a family-oriented community, one of the safest cities, right? Well, children are a big part of that safety. And when we take care of them, their mental health, their intellectual growth, their physical growth, stimulating their minds. Boys and Girls Club pays attention to math, science, art, sports. To me, that's being a good community, family-oriented community. And I'm one of the residents, and I'm proud to support hardworking families. And I think we have a civic responsibility here. And as some of them have said, successful kids becoming young adults. That's the next future generation. So I would really like to see this on the next meeting agenda. I would like to discuss it in details. I would like to hear what would be your reasoning to not renew the lease. I mean, I know you said they are not evicted, but how, what's the reason that the, the lease has not been renewed when it's such an important part of our community? So thank you for listening to me, and I hope we have it on the agenda. I would like it on the agenda, and I would like to see all of us being able to share how important it is for our community. We have the funds. We all are paying taxes. I would like to see my tax money go for some, some important causes like this. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'd like to welcome our next speaker, Brenna Payne. Good evening, welcome, and happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you. I have nothing prepared. I'm totally winging this. Everybody before me had very nicely prepared um, speeches, and I just want to give a hoorah to every single one of them. And can you answer why Boys and Girls Club is not getting their lease renewed, or why? This is public comment. This is your time to speak to the council. We don't really interact in back and forth discussion of an unagendized item. Oh. I'm sorry, but I know that's disappointing. Oh, so that's why it needs to be on the agenda. That way you guys can speak. I see. And that's why I clarified my role with the Boys and Girls Club and my philanthropy, both my personal philanthropy and my husband's philanthropy. Okay, yeah, I was a little unclear on that part of it. Okay, so I'm just here to also say the Boys and Girls Club has been such a huge part of our lives. I mean, my son is too old to even go now. Well, he goes now, but he won't be next year. And... It has changed him. It has. It's made a huge impact on his lives and the lives of all the other kids. Gives them a place to go. A lot of kids don't, you know, their parents work and they have nowhere to go. So what are they? They're going to go home. They're going to be alone. Maybe get into trouble. You know, it's, 
it's a really great place. I mean, yeah, my, my son would have just gone home and been with me because I work from home. But, you know, it, it's a good place. It's social development as well, you know, when he was very young. Um, you know, if he just came home and was with me, then there's no socialization because he's an only child. So um, I'm not going to speak for the whole three minutes, so the light doesn't have to go on. <laughs> so that's that's all I have to say. I think you did great with no prepared remarks. I had yes. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. And it gives me pleasure this evening to invite Chris McLaughlin. Hi, Chris. Hey, welcome. Happy Valentine. I almost said Happy New Year. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you. You got me out of dinner with my wife, so that's. That uh oh. <laughs> um, I'm also here just to um, echo some comments. And I thought of a few other things regarding the Boys and Girls Club. Um, we are no longer parents there. Um, our daughter, our youngest daughter, is now 17, so she's a junior in high school. I know she was a club kid. She was mm -hmm. from. Uh, I think grades three, four, five, or four, five, six at Sierra Vista. She was a pretty regular uh, fixture there and had a great time, met a lot of people. You meet kids that are not only your age or your direct neighbors or in your classes. It sort of expands your social horizon. You see um, some of the other kids will have siblings there, so you see some sibling interaction with older kids, which I think is healthy. Um, I don't think funding is really the issue. It seems like we hear the phrase embarrassment of riches like every meeting, so I can't, I can't believe funding's really a problem. Uh, it's been going on for 12 years. It's a fixture of the community. Uh, the people who are there really depend on it. So I mean, if you are going to not renew the lease, I think you need to work with the program and the families to think about some alternatives. Um, another thing that maybe you haven't thought of is some of the area businesses like Starbucks and Target and McDonald's they would love to have a place for kids in middle school to go that isn't going there because it's like, you know, not there to shop. They're there just to kind of hang out. Um, and I've always said, like, you know, when I was a kid, you had more places for people to go. We always went to the bowling alley and played video games. I don't know where kids go these days. There's not really, like, a skating rink or a bowling alley where people can just kind of hang out and socialize and not get in trouble and not be roaming the streets. So I just think it's, I think it's a great... Uh, program um, from experience, uh, whatever the decision process was, it seems to be not having a lot of uh, transparency. I mean, obviously, you go through annual uh, budget cycles, you consider different uses of the space, you consider how much money you have and where else you could use it. But um, when it comes down to making decisions like this, I think it would be a little more uh, above board to have it agendized and, and and, and more public because, I mean, the, the, the public's just wondering what happened. You know, it, it's been here for so long. It's working well. I don't hear about any kind of problems. So um, hopefully it'll be on the agenda. Uh, if not, or hopefully this decision gets reversed and they get their uh, lease renewed in June for another a year at least, if not longer. Okay, thanks. I appreciate it. Take care. Thank you. Thank you very much. Do I have any additional uh, speakers this evening? I have a uh, one more. Hi, 
Hi, all. Catherine Hoopscher. I'm. Uh, Hello, welcome. Happy Valentine's Day. I think my Day. name's up there. It must have been really oh, hard so to read because no one knows how to pronounce it. <laughs> I'm very sorry if you fill out a card and I, okay. I don't have it. Look, I'm. Uh, I mean, we had technical difficulties in the beginning. Don't worry, your time hasn't started. No, that's not a, an issue. I'm a um, longtime resident here, and except for three hazy occasions when my kids were given certificates, I've never been in here. Yeah. Um, you, you look familiar, yes. Oh, I do? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> a lot of you I don't know, never have seen, never if hardly heard your names. I um, Bad on me, but. Uh, it's no, actually, it's good. You shouldn't know us. We should just be doing the job, <laughs> no, and you should be a happy resident. It's very telling why I'm here, because basically I love the community. Rancho's been a wonderful place to raise a family. We're very proud to be citizens of this community, and it's always run by people, I think, who had the right dedication, the right interests, the right intentions, and I love my city. So when I happened to hear that the Boys and Girls Club was being evicted, and I didn't have all the facts. I kind of got excited while um, I, I figure I represent, I think, the silent heart of the community. My kids didn't go there, didn't even really know about it. But we're a community that does well for the elderly, the um, disadvantaged veterans, animals, kids. And so I started digging a little, trying to f do some fact finding. I put a call into city manager Cervantes today. Um, don't expect to get back to me today, but I'm a little late on my homework. I also put a call into um, the Boys and Girls Club to just try to find facts. I couldn't understand what was going on. There wasn't information readily available. Obviously, people are asking this to go on the agenda, so I didn't know the process, the procedure. So I did um, interview Nicole Watson, and she informed me about the 12 years, $120,000 um, funds that are provided by the city, which I think is wonderful, but she also did remind me that they had to additionally fundraise that 120000 does not cover all their costs. And she also, I asked her, why was the contract canceled? Did you guys have problems with kids bad? What, what, what happened? She said she doesn't know. So I think, um, you know, from my standpoint and the, the community, I don't think this represents what our some citizens would be proud of, kicking out a bunch of kids from a program that seems to be um, helping a vulnerable area of the a vulnerable target, a, a vulnerable group of the community, some who are economically challenged, even. And so I think we need to hear what what's the reason. Is our city also providing an alternative for them? Have you have you found another place for them to go? Are you helping? Are you subsidizing their care somewhere else? I think we have a lot of money. I hear. I want my tax dollars to go to good things. I want my community to continue to do things that make me proud. So I'm here to voice my opposition without explanation. I'd like more facts. I'd like more knowledge. And I hope it goes on the agenda so that we, the community, can feel good about what we do with our money and for the groups that we do it for. So thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> do I have any additional uh, public speakers this evening, Amy? We have none. Thank you. At this moment, I'm going to um, convene the city council meeting briefly for a comfort break for five minutes, and we'll be right back. Those that wish to leave uh, can do so. Thank you. Welcome back to the regular city council meeting, the city of Rancho Santa Margarita. Uh, we're going to resume tonight's meeting 
and move on to the consent calendar. All matters on the consent calendar are approved in one motion unless a council member, staff, or a member of the public requests a separate action on a specific item on the consent calendar. Do I have anything uh, to be removed by my fellow council members? Seeing nothing, does staff, would staff like to remove anything? Sorry. Okay, and no requests from the public. Uh, seeing that, may I have a motion, please? I'll move the consent calendar. Second. Excellent, thank you. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Great. Item is unanimous. Moving on, public hearing items. We have none this evening. And the item number seven, new business, 7.1, pardon me, introduction and first reading of a proposed ordinance establishing a sidewalk vending regulatory program. Good evening, Ms. Kuda. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, as you mentioned, the ordinance before you tonight is an ordinance to establish a sidewalk vending regulatory program. Uh, a little bit of background. Prior to 2019, cities could prohibit sidewalk vending, but in January of 2019, SB 946 became effective. This bill decriminalized sidewalk vending and allowed cities to adopt certain regulations to protect the health, safety, and welfare. A little bit more on that legislation. Um, SB 946 limits cities' authority to regulate sidewalk vending. Um, cities may regulate time, place, and manner operations only, and the regulations can only, object, only address objective health, safety, and welfare concerns. So the proposed ordinance tonight would update the Rancho Santa Margarita Municipal Code uh, Title IV, which is business regulations, by adding a new chapter 4.04 entitled sidewalk vendings. Um, this regulation, uh, this type of regulation pursuant to 946 is only allowed through adoption of an ordinance. So um, locally, the reason that we're bringing this ordinance to you all is that we've seen a recent rise in sidewalk vending and that has caused some related health, safety, and welfare concerns. Some of those concerns are listed here on the, so on the slide. Um, many of the sidewalk vendors we see today are food vendors. Uh, they lack proper food handling and storage facilities, and they do not have permits from the health department. Uh, they lack sanitary facilities, such as restrooms and hand-washing stations. Sometimes they are located such that they obstruct the sidewalks, which is a violation of the Americans with Disabilities Act. Uh, a lot of times they can uh, cause congestion on the sidewalks, either because of where they're located or because the queuing from, of their customers. Um, this causes traffic obstructions potentially or uh, situations where people would need to step out into the street to go around the line, which is, is unsafe. We also find that the, the, the lights and the goings on can be a distraction to drivers. Uh, we've seen several vendors that play loud music late at night. Um, when the vendors leave for the evening, there's an accumulation of trash and debris on the sidewalk and in some of the surrounding parking lots and landscaping. Uh, sometimes they spill grease and leave residue on the sidewalks, which could cause a trip and fall incident. Uh, and sometimes the grease, residue, and trash makes its way into our storm drains. Um, and then occasionally we do see aggressive behavior and resistance by the vendors and their customers to uh, the code enforcement and the health department uh, staff. So we have an ordinance before you tonight. That ordinance includes definitions, operational regulations, a permitting program, and penalties for noncompliance. I'll go over each of those briefly. 
the definitions in this ordinance come straight out of SB 946. It defines a sidewalk vendor as someone who can vend from either a cart or from their person on a public sidewalk. Uh, they can sell food, beverages, or other merchandise. Uh, we define a sidewalk, a stationary sidewalk vendor, which is someone who operates from a fixed location, such as a table, um, or roaming sidewalk vendors who move from place to place and stop only to complete a transaction. Um, there's a number of operational regulations built into the proposed ordinance. Uh, they all relate to time, place, and manner, and to specific health and safety concerns. So in residential zones, the ordinance proposes that stationary vendors are prohibited at all times and that roaming vendors can only uh, vend during the hours of 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. In non-residential zones, vendors are limited to the hours of 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. or the hours of other businesses on the streets. I can tell you most uh, businesses in town close at 9 or 10 o'clock. Um, and the operational regulations also state that alcohol, tobacco, marijuana, and adult-oriented materials are prohibited. Additional operational regulations, um, it, it will be illegal to vend with people in a moving or illegally parked or stopped vehicle, which that would keep someone from pulling up in an inconvenient location and, and uh, purchasing whatever's being sold. Uh, same with blocking driveways or entrances. Um, the ordinance does include some specific distance separation requirements. Those are distances from schools, fire stations, the civic center, intersections, freeway on-ramps, bus stops, and distances between approved sidewalk vendors. And the operational regulations also include a um, maximum area of six by six feet for the vending uh, area. Um, Further, vendors must always comply with ADA accessibility and include a minimum four-foot-wide clearance on the sidewalk. Um, audible devices are prohibited, meaning bullhorns or music. And then eliminated flashing or animated signs are prohibited as they are in our regular sign code. So the ordinance will also establish a, uh, a, a permit requirement. Um, we will have a application form which uh, where the applicant can provide all of the information that's required. Some of that information is a schedule, hours of operation, a list of items to be sold, and of course a location. Um, proof of any required permits such as from the county, county health department and then a California seller's permit number. Uh, additionally, we'll require a criminal background check for the applicant and the employees. Um, the Application itself will include the city's standard indemnification language, and we will require proof of insurance coverage. Um, it is notable that the permit would be approved at the staff level. It would not require planning commission review or a public hearing. Um, so where we're at in, in the scheme of this potential ordinance, we are tonight, February 14th, at introduction and first reading of the ordinance. If approved, we would bring it back for a second reading and adoption in two weeks. With that second reading, we will bring a proposed resolution establishing the permitting fees for the sidewalk vending permit, obviously. Um, and then after, uh, if approved on February 28th, the ordinance would be effective 30 days after adoption, which would be about March 30th. So our recommendation tonight is to find that the proposed ordinance is not subject to the California Environmental Quality Act 
<clears throat> and then to introduce for first reading, read by title only, and waive further reading of an ordinance entitled an ordinance of the City Council of the City of Rancho Santa Margarita, California, adding new Chapter 4.04, Sidewalk Vending, to Title IV, Business Regulations of the Rancho Santa Margarita Municipal Code, establishing a sidewalk vending regulatory program. That concludes my presentation. I am happy to answer any questions. Thank you very much, Ms. Gouda. Do I have questions for staff? No questions. No questions? Councilmember Holloway. Yes, thank you, Madam Mayor. Just, just th actually three or four questions, I'll go quick. Under the um, operational regulations, the first page under that label, um, the second bullet point in non-residential zones, all vendors are limited to the hours of 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Um, or the hours of other businesses on the same street. So the only two streets I've seen, the, the, the vendors would be Santa Margarita Parkway and Plano Tribuco. Any other streets that we're aware of? We, we have seen them in the business park as well. Oh, okay, okay. And, and near the middle school. Which one? Near the middle school. Oh, okay, miss those. Um, and I know I'm assuming the answer of this so on. The ones that are on Santa Margarita Parkway, because in and out stays open till 1 a.m., they're able to, there's no distance on the street, right? So those, the, if the vendors are there and they're taking advantage of this, they can stay there till 1 a.m. because in and out, right? Okay, got that. Um, limiting, I mean, limiting those hours because typically in and out, the residential, there isn't really much residential a lot of times on Santa Margarita Parkway where they have the uh, stands is a little bit more residential across the street. Um, is there any leeway with that requirement that you have that they could be open until as late as the latest business? Because 1, 1 a.m. is late. Is that, a, uh, Greg, talk a little bit more about that. Good evening, Mayor, members of the City Council. Yeah, this rule is is coming straight out of state law. They want uh, cities to only invoke our requirements that are consistent with hours of your residential community. So our hours limitation comes from our door-to-door -door solicitation ordinance currently in the code. And then also SB 946 dictates that hours be limited to the same hours that other commercial businesses have available to them. So they want them treated equally as commercial businesses. So it's based on zoning. So it depends on what zone you're in. So if it's a commercial district that's located near a residential area, we would still have to apply the hours limitation of the commercial zone. Fair enough, thank you. Moving on, the next page. Um, second or th third bullet point, vendors must maintain specific minimum distances from schools. What, what are those numbers? Are they specific It's five, 500 feet, I believe, okay. during school hours. Got it, thank you. Um, next page, first bullet point, vendors must comply with ADA accessibility standards, including a minimum four foot wide sidewalk entrance. A typical sidewalk on Santa Margarita Parkway is how wide? Is it? It varies, it can be five to six feet. It can be five, six mm -hmm. feet, okay. Um, got it, and if a vendor is violating that, you know, the, the, that four foot wide. 
they would, in, with this, what you're proposing, would get an administrative site, correct? Education and warning. Oh, oh go ahead. Leading go ahead. to a potential administrative citation if they do not comply with the city's regulations. Or they could move back. Yeah. That would be part of the warning and the education process. They can move back, to... or in, in terms of the warning, it's not like a, they get a warning on Tuesday and they can stay there, or would they actually need to move and right. comply with that four foot at that point? Right then. If yes. they refuse to, they, they use up a warning, they didn't do it. How many warnings before they get the administrative site? Not, not mathematical, it's uh, code enforcement discretion, but again, it's the always been the long-term policy of the city of Rancho Santa Margarita to obtain voluntary compliance as the priority. The citation is a last resort. Okay, I'm, I'm playing it out. We're not gonna move. We're not moving, we're gonna stay in business. So they get a warning. Would, what would be the scenario where they would get a site that day? It could be that day. That right, yeah, it okay. It could be an administrative citation issued that day. Okay, mm -hmm. got it. Mm -hmm. um, the next page on permit required. Um, so if we went through with this, and I'm in favor of everything you have here, just wanted some clarification. To get a uh, sidewalk vending permit, they would also have to, based on your second bullet point, have a permit from the county health department, right? So they couldn't get our permit unless they had the county permit. Right, they have Got to it. show proof of the additional county permit. And again, that requirement is dictated by state law. The state of California wants a food vendor permit, healthcare permit. Uh, a whole series of information has to be provided to the city before the sidewalk vending permit can be issued. And is it still the case that none of the vendors in Orange County have a permit? That's my oh, it was a case a month or so ago. Still the case. Yeah, so it's Not my understanding. One of, mm -hmm. Is there any estimate we've heard about the number of street vendors in Orange County? Is that number? Is that even a number out there? <laughs> I'm, I'm not aware of that number, but I, somewhere along the way, I do believe misinformation has gotten out to the sidewalk vendor community, and they believe that SB 946 stands for the proposition that public sidewalks are wide open and totally unregulated, which is not true. <clears throat> Okay, and if anybody was listening to get a, a health permit from the county, they would contact the county. The California, California seller's permit number, where would somebody apply for that? Is that a state? Yes. Uh, okay. That's the California Department of Tax and Fee Administration. Got it. Thank you. That's all I have. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Council Member Beal. Uh, thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, Thank you um, for bringing this forward. Uh, I'm glad to have it before us, and I'm very supportive of taking this type of action because we have nothing on the books right now um, from a city standpoint. One of my primary concerns has to do with food vendors that we've unfortunately had in our city because I do believe that they're threatening the health and welfare of our residents. There's not adequate refrigeration. As we mentioned, there's no sanitation, no hand washing. And people get sick. And it's, there's a reason why the state has enacted these um, health and safety regulations that all of our Rancho Santa Margarita-based food businesses must comply with. They get permits. They have to operate that way. And that's to protect the residents and the street vendors are not doing that. Um, 
oftentimes I the ones I've seen in Rancho Santa Margarita, I think that they're this ordinance would apply to sidewalk vending, so it's public property. But they're setting up on oftentimes what appears to me to be um, private property at the opening to um, our larger centers, for example. And I've seen them badly damage some of that private property. The landscaping gets trampled, et cetera. Um, to operate at all on private property, don't they need the permission of the private landowner? Yes. Yes. Uh, the ordinance doesn't apply to traditional private property settings, such as a private park. Um, there are situations where there are sidewalks that are publicly owned, operated, and maintained, but they're also in Rancho Santa Margarita. There are privately owned, operated, and maintained sidewalks. The ordinance would apply to those sidewalks because those meet the definition under state law of a public sidewalk or public pedestrian pathway. If a vendor, a food vendor, were to set up on the entryway to a, one of our centers that is not the public sidewalk, could a, that, the owner of that property, what, what recourse do they have to remove these people that are operating without permission on their property? They could pursue a private civil trespass action, since that is private property. Uh, but the ordinance still would apply to that sidewalk. The, the sidewalk you're talking about at Santa Margarita Parkway near the McDonald's parking lot, that would apply and meet the state's definition of a public sidewalk or pedestrian pathway. As was mentioned, most of these food vendors if not all, have no health and safety permit to operate, correct? Correct. So one concern I have is the limitation of such a, an ordinance that we have because these people are already operating and um, ignoring the laws that are there to protect all of us by not getting those health and safety permits. Um, and so we're going to potentially and perhaps likely have that same situation here where you have vendors operating without seeking ever to get one of these sidewalk vending permits. Um, but one thing I wanted to highlight for the benefit of any vendors that might be listening or at any time, there is a series of penalties provided for by our ordinance. Um, and it's an escalating series of administrative fines that go up depending on if it's your first violation, second violation, third violation. Um, and it's significantly higher if you're operating without a valid permit. So I guess that would be perceived as the teeth in our ordinance to try and protect the residents and our food vending businesses in town. Anyone that operates in Rancho Santa Margarita in violation of this ordinance would be facing um, administrative fines that would be increasing depending on the number of violations that they have, correct? Yes. Who would get cited if there were three people operating in a tent uh, in an unpermitted food vending operation in Rancho Santa Margarita. Would each of the three people selling that food get an administrative citation written to them? Yes, that's a potential scenario. Mm -hmm. Would 
and I also understand many of these operations, the people that are out selling the food are not the owners. They're not people trying to make a living with their own operation, but they're operating on behalf of an owner that isn't there. Is that correct? Yes. We've learned that some cities have retained private investigator services and have tracked the street, uh, the sidewalk vendors all the way back to warehouses in Los Angeles. So is there a way to cite not only those that are selling the food illegally on the sidewalk, but also the owner of the operation? If the city ultimately is able to identify the entity that is behind the illegal sidewalk vending, the answer is yes. Thank you. I'd be fully supportive of writing all of those tickets. Thank you. Thank you, Councilmember Beal. Councilmember Figueroa. Thank you very much, Madam Mayor. Um, you know, I think it's fairly well known that the County of Orange Health Department publishes on a weekly basis restaurants that have been cited with violations. And uh, after doing some research, um, I found that the number one violation is water that is insufficiently hot. Mm -hmm. And that's why a lot of restaurants get cited. Uh, The second is actually rodent droppings. So I thought it might be the other way around, but that's not the case, I guess. So basically, as a resident of Orange County, um, or if you're visiting Orange County, you can research what restaurants have violations on a regular basis determine where and where they want to eat. Um, but there is no way for somebody to research the local sidewalk food vendor um, to see if they have any violations. Is that correct, Cheryl? That's correct. You can't research a business that doesn't have a permit. Okay, and, and that's what's concerning to me. Um, restaurants have to go through you know, a process of inspections um, on a regular basis um, by the County of Orange Health Department, you know, as they should. We all want to be eating at clean restaurants. So the fact that um, we don't know, um, I'm assuming they don't have hot water, right, sidewalk vendor. Um, And, of course, there's rodents outside all the time. So this is just concerning about um, our public safety um, of our residents, and um, that's uh, just a big concern for me. So thank you very much. Thank you very much. Mayor Pro Tem. It's coincidental that we're dealing with this tonight. Today, when I was at home, I was watching the NBC News Channel 4 at 4 o'clock, and they had a story about street vendors in my former hometown of Anaheim. Uh, Cue the, yeah, Anaheim. There you go. (laughs) Um, And they interviewed the... Uh, a representative of the Orange County Healthcare Agency, and he was asked, how many street vendors are there in Orange County? And he said, I don't know, but it's well into the hundreds. The next question was, how many applicants for permits are there right now? Can you guess out of those hundreds? Six. Six. One of the people that was interviewed was a street vendor, And he has been doing this for three years, and he has never applied for a permit because he doesn't think he would pass the test. In other words, I guess it's okay to drive a car, not go to the DMV and get a driver's license because you don't think you can pass the test. So he's been doing it for three years. He makes just under $50,000 a year and doesn't pay any taxes. He doesn't have any employees. He doesn't have, uh, obviously, a permit from the Orange County Health Care Agency. 
He doesn't have uh, any revenue that he provides to the city of Anaheim. There's absolutely no benefit to the residents of that city by having this gentleman out there making $50,000 tax-free. Um, also, the question was uh, pertaining to the taco stands that are out throughout Orange County. And the, inter the reporter asked about Lake Forest. And someone had posted on, I guess there's a Facebook page dedicated to the taco stand in Lake Forest. And the representative of the Orange County Healthcare Agency was asked, are these legal? And he said, absolutely not. It's absolutely illegal to have an open flame and to cook meat on site. I mean, but we've had this issue now for how many months at the taco stand? So, um, look, I believe in supporting our local businesses. I believe in supporting businesses that employ our residents, particularly our youth. Um, I don't support anyone who destroys our landscape and pours grease down our drains, private or public. And um, I, I would um, kudos to you, uh, Mr. Simonian, for drafting such a comprehensive ordinance perspective. I am 110% in favor of this. And um, again, it was so coincidental. I have it. I taped it. I sat there on my couch and videotaped this uh, newscast, and I was astonished. Six applicants. That's it. So um, someone's going to get sick. And, and, and someone's going to look back at us or whatever council is dealing with this issue and say, how come you didn't do anything about this? And not that we say that we can prevent it, but we've got to do everything we can, given the fact that the state of California has tied our hands with SB 946. So, again, kudos to you, Mr. Simonian, for drafting such a comprehensive ordinance in light of 946. Appreciate it. That's it. Thank you. Thank you very much. A uh, special thank you to you, uh, Mr. Smoning, Greg, and Jennifer for, um, for as Mayor Pertem said, drafting a very comprehensive ordinance. I appreciate the time you personally, you both personally took with me to go through the ordinance. Um, one of the, the things that I find most troubling because of my role with the Orange County Fire Authority is cooking in an open, over an open flame in an area that's considered a high fire area. I, I think it's ludicrous that the state would even permit this. Um, there is nothing, as Mayor Pro Temp said, and there is nothing we can do uh, to prohibit this, but you can, you can call the governor. You can, as you know, we saw tonight, you can write letters and you can call the governor and you can call your local representatives for the state, your state senator, your, and, and let them know that this is, this is not okay with you. It's not safe. Uh, and as uh, Mayor Pro Tems mentioned, the news reporter, you know, the fellow that they were interviewing, you know, doesn't have a license, doesn't pay taxes. So I see no public benefit to this whatsoever. And so uh, with pleasure, I'll seek a, um, a motion to approve. I'll... I'll I move to approve this ordinance. Do we have to read it, Greg? Good. I think Cheryl took care of the big reading. Yeah, she did the heavy lifting. And uh, may I have a second, please? Second. Thank you. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Please to report a unanimous vote on that. Thank you, colleagues. I'm moving on to item number eight, continued items. We have none. Number nine, public comments. This is also your time. Uh, on any matter not listed on the agenda for the public to speak with us. Do I have any requests to speak? There are none. 
Thank you very much. Item number 10, City Manager Report. City Manager. I have nothing this evening. Thank you. Thank you. Item number 11, matters presented by the mayor and council members. I'll start with my left. Council Member Holloway. Nothing? Nothing. Council Member Beal? Council Member Figueroa? Nothing, sir. Thank you. I have, and you have, and Mayor Pro Tem? Okay. I have one item. And so I want to give a huge shout out and a round of applause to Public Works because I was watching the news uh, during this weekend's rainstorms with all of the flooding in Los Angeles and all of the street closures and the cars and the people um, with these flooded streets. And I don't know if you all noticed, but I noticed that we didn't have that problem. And the reason we don't have that problem is we have a fantastic public works department. We clean our, what we talked about here, we clean our gutters, we clean our catch basins, and I think it's fantastic. So I want to give a, a round of applause to them, and please join me. And so thank you all very much. Uh, I am so proud and I'm impressed uh, with not only the condition uh, of the drainage, but also the swift cleanup that is always necessary after you know such a storm. And the community looks looked beautiful very quickly. Thank you so much. Um, seeing no further comments or uh, uh, matters by the council members, I'm going to adjourn this regular meeting of the City Council to February 28th, 2024 at 7 p.m. this evening. Thank you very much and happy Valentine's Day.